Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, previous on listeners, how are you doing? Jamie East here. Thank you so much for all of your amazing feedback last week about our discussion episode. We've decided to do it again. I mean, why wouldn't you? Obviously, especially after that episode. It's full of spoilers, so I'm just warning you now. It's chock, chock, a block full of spoilers. So if you're not up to speed, uh, by which point this means Season 8, Episode 2, then advise you to go back and watch. It's available on Sky Atlantic and Now TV, obviously, as are all episodes, actually, of Game of Thrones right now. Uh, or if you haven't got time for that, you could also download the previous uh, uh, previously on episode for episode uh, two. It gives you a full explainer. It's about six minutes long, slightly longer than normal because there was so much uh, to get through. Shall we begin? Let's do that. Joining me this week, uh, we, we have the return of the Knight of the Seven Kingdoms himself, Mr. Chris Mandel. How are you doing, Chris? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, glad to be back. Jolly good. And I'm very pleased to say, it's, uh, don't call it a comeback, baby. It's Thronecast old school. It's uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm reunited with my old uh, com- compadre, uh, Miss Rachel Paris. How are you, Rachel? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. And I'm really enjoying Game of Thrones. We will do what we uh, continue to do last week, which was we'll, we'll, we'll spend a little bit of time kind of having a chat about... Uh, Season 8, Episode 2, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms, uh, before we have a look ahead at what can only be described as what we're already imagining is going to make Avengers Endgame look like the Spongebob movie. Um, So Season 8, Episode 2, clearly a very quiet episode in terms of no action, no Night King, no Cersei, no, no much of anything except... I guess it, well, it's the it's the it's the it's the lull before the storm, isn't it? Basically, yeah, exactly. I felt like they were deliberately going kind of low energy in a way to prepare for what is inevitably next week going to be so so such a massive battle. Yeah. Clearly, and kind of and as well, you enjoy those episodes more when you understand more about the characters and what's at stake for them. Yeah, definitely. It, it felt it felt as though they were they were really laying it on thick in terms of reminding us of why we loved uh, certain characters. You know, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking Brienne. I'm thinking Tormund. I'm thinking Jorah. I mean, what did you think, Chris? What what what, what did you think to the episode as a general episode? I thought it was great. I mean, I have to say, as part of the two AM club, um, <laughs> I, I I was a little. I was kind of watching it, going, "Oh man, this is just like last week where." Brands like we haven't got time to chat around and everyone's just having a nice chat. Yeah. However, 
in the subsequent days, and this is why I quite like talking about it when we do. Yeah. Read that the um the episodes both have the same director, which I think is David Nutter, and yeah. they were actually blocked around the same time. And I think because HBO was playing with different ways to do this final season, I think they might have intended this to be a two-hour season opener. Right. Which is okay. Why it's all very of a muchness and a lot of you know even um, Grey Worm. Like being like microaggressions from the northerners kind of happened in both episodes i kind of feel like they maybe it was going to be one thing and they just thought that makes was- sense that makes a lot of sense actually yeah i really enjoyed it by the end i was like obsessed i thought brian's and jamie's kind of work in this episode was incredible um i thought the scene with john and, and danny at the end was was so tense I was so scared to see what Daenerys was going to do. Well, let's yeah, exactly. I mean, let's 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 go back to the beginning and and just kind of because there's there there is so much to kind of uh, kind of pick apart. We opened up pretty much as we expected to as we left episode one with um, with what we thought was Jamie getting his comeuppance. You know, it was, it was it, Jamie finally kind of like clapped eyes on Bran and vice versa. And I was expecting, you know, there was part of me was thinking, is this going to be? It felt very much kind of like uh, we've seen in the trials before, whether it's been Tyrion in the docks, whether it's been kind of Littlefinger, all of those kind of moments. And there was part of me who was like thinking, is he going to get his, uh, is he going to get, are they going to, are they going to polish him off? Is Daenerys just going to go right off with his head? Um, it took, it took Brienne to kind of be reminded again, again, it's still kind of reaching back and, and calling back to previous episodes where you know the speech that that jamie gave was like a little bit of a nudge to brienne to remind her that he saved her ass and time for her to step up and save his and which she did um otherwise he was he was kind of screwed wasn't he jamie i thought yeah he was he was he absolutely needed her um and i thought it was such a nice you know reversal of status from everything that their friendship has been he's always been um at least on the outside, you know, the one with more uh, power. Or like, I suppose it wasn't at the start, was it? They keep switching statuses. But for yeah. the last seasons, he's had the power. He was able to, like, give her the sword, send her on a quest. And now she's she's the one who's in favour, you know, with the powers that be. And I thought it was really nice to see that reversal. It does. It does she has been worrying me, though, with the amount of attention she's got in this episode makes me think that she's she's not for this earth well <laughs> this is it i mean we'll talk about it at the end i mean you could if if that's if that's if that's the way they're going which i suspect they are then then next week's going to be utterly devastating <laughs> and i can't even i don't even be, want to begin uh to think about that but um so uh, what are your thoughts on on the brienne jamie relationship i mean he, interestingly brienne kind of gave this speech when he when he when he joined her on, on the kind of training grounds of kind of where she was like what are you doing why you, you've normally insulted me by now that felt a little bit incongruous actually because i thought that they'd kind of settled their differences yeah. and had a bit of mutual respect before now yeah i thought that too i thought that was a little bit on the nose because i'd forgotten that that they used to be like that almost it was almost like I thought those. I thought they made up when they went to. Didn't they go to Riverrun to sort of lift that siege? Didn't they meet there? I, yeah. So yeah, I thought that was quite weird. But I think they just really wanted to hammer home like these guys have gone on a journey together. Yeah. And the the power shift, as 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 Rachel said, where um, she's going to be the commander now. And I thought that was really interesting for Jamie to leave his privilege at the door and go. I want to work in your team on this fight. 
Um, yeah, for the greater he's a very good. tactical kind of, um, you know, guy. Like, he kind of ran a lot of the campaigns against the Northerners. So. Well, definitely. But also, there's an element of self-preservation there. Because if you've only got one arm and you're not as good a fighter as you used to be, you want to be stood next to the next to the fiercest yeah. one on the battlefield, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, do, you think she, do you think that she just... Uh, we She loves him, right? She's in love with him. I think so, yeah. Do you think it's in a sort of straightforward kind of romantic lovey-dovey way or is there some I don't know I've always felt with with Brienne and Jamie there's something more there than just a basic crush like is there something about him validating her in some way Brienne has never once throughout the whole of the time that we've known her given any any element of kind of like sexual persuasion or sexual interest or any kind of fancying do you know what I mean she's 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 so much She's pretty asexual, isn't she, Brienne? I'm not sure, you know, she's, she, she's got the pick of uh, of Jamie and Tormund and she doesn't seem that fussed about f***ing either of them. <laughs> I think also, like, even when we first met her and she was in thrall of Renly, I mean, even then it was, as a sort of very noble, principled character, she seems to really um, be drawn to good leaders and yeah. good people and she's very honour-bound. And I think a lot of it, for me, it's always been respecting kind people in those kind of figures of authority. And I think that's what she's become in just that's what she's fallen in love with with Jamie. It's this yeah. person she thought was a complete dickhead. Actually he embodies a lot of the characteristics that Renly had and I think she's probably seeing him in a completely new way. Um I think they should go on an extended gap year and just <laughs> figure it out and have a few drinks. Cause you know, she had a few glasses of wine in that episode and I could see her just softening you know, just loosening up a bit and i think like you know yeah just have a few drinks go on a walk like maybe hold hand let's stick with brian then and, and 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 continue that because for me uh, the, the the kind of resolution of this episode and and Brienne's kind of uh, storyline in in this episode was one of the one of the greatest things I've ever watched and I, I'm I'm not ashamed to admit that there were there was a tear trickling down my cheek as cheek as the same time as as there was down hers and her big goofy grin uh, as she stood up finally as Sir Brienne of Tarth was one of the most one of the best one of the best moments in the whole of the series I thought it was so important wasn't it because we hardly ever see her smile. She's always so fierce and so determined and so strong, and she's never smiling. Yeah. It was such a huge thing to see her, like, grinning her ass off, really. It was so lovely to see. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, it, for me, it's such a, a journey from when we first met her. that The arc is so beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, it's nice for a show like this to be giving good people a brief moment of, of like, <laughs> good fortune. It, it's quite rare. I thought it was going to be a really bleak season. And it's nice that at the beginning, at least, because who knows what's going to happen. Well, this is it. People actually kind of coming out, like good people coming out of this well. Um, who better to be the first official uh, female knight in history yeah. than someone who is arguably one of the best fighters uh, on the continent? It was very much an episode of... of- preparing not only the viewer for for the next episode but also the characters as well so you know Brienne can go into that battle as a knight as pretty much having accomplished her life's ambition um Mm. and then another character that seemed to kind of like be ticking things off the list before they uh before they ventured into battle was of course was of course Arya and we got a bit of a fan fans got their got their lip service quite literally when when Arya and Gendry cracked off I mean I was 
I can't, I kind of, I wasn't sure whether they were going to or not, but she, I found it, you know, clearly whenever a young girl has sex on Game of Thrones, there is going to be an outcry on social media and, and a bit of a, a bit of a storm about it. But I'm with the, I'm with the way, I'm with the view that it's kind of like, it's one of the rare times in Game of Thrones that a woman, regardless of her age, is taking control of her own uh, sexual journey and, and done things on her own time, uh, on her own terms, consensually, and looked like she enjoyed it. You know, I can't, I can't remember many times that I've actually seen a woman enjoy having sex on Game of Thrones, Rachel. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen enough absolutely harrowing scenes where women are getting punished for being women on Game of Thrones. And um, and that that's part of the storyline is the only way you can justify it is their revenge. Um, and it's so nice to see her having the agency to make that choice herself. If yeah. anything, because Gendry's like terrible treatment at the hands of... Um, Melisandre, if anything, I was more worried about his vulnerability than I was about Arya's. Like he had a pretty, pretty terrible time um, yes. <laughs> with her. He's got a pretty ish radar as well, because if if we all knew that she was she was gunning for him, he seemed as though he had no idea. No idea, even though he was like being very topless and shiny in the forge, <laughs> mopping his brow after hammering out some dragon glass. It would get anyone excited. I can't help but think that I can't help but think that must be the worst outfit to wear in a forge. I mean, the, 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 just from the sparks <laughs> yeah. and the blisters, you know. Yeah. Put on an apron or something. <laughs> I kept thinking the second you kind of realised what the episode was all about, that it was going to be more of a recollection and a, and a kind of uh, forging relationships. The second anyone had a nice time, I was immediately kind of like, oh, hell no, please, not them. Uh, I think we also need to give a big shout out to Tormund for one of the funniest kind of stories and, and just kind of, you know, he out-tormented himself uh, yeah. with his story of suckling at the breast of the, of the widow of the giant he'd slayed. <laughs> and then eating out of the horn of an animal <laughs> the milk pouring down his chest uh, which you know if Tor- if uh, Gendry had done that might have been alluring but not so much with Tormund not, I think well I don't know there's a, there's a, there's a, there are a lot of ladies out there and men as well that who Tormund is pretty much top of their list the other kind of I guess the big meeting the big kind of like fork in the roads was uh, John and Danny at the end um, and John finally kind of getting getting it off his chest and, and revealing to Danny, who I was really surprised at how badly she seemed to be taking it. We didn't get much of a glimpse into it, but uh, but but all of the theories about Danny becoming the Mad Queen are not yeah. are not going to be uh, sedated after 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 that episode. What what were your thoughts on her reaction, Chris? I was intrigued by it. I mean, some people have said that I saw online, like her first reaction was what about the throne, not, oh, my God, we're related. Yeah. I was like, check your priorities. You, we know how incest goes down, right, yeah. in this world. It's not a, it's not a good, a good um, romantic strategy. But a lot of people said, you know, incest is totally normal for the Targs, and she's just like, didn't really bat an eyelid. Yeah, it doesn't even, doesn't, even comp- no. doesn't even compute that it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Does, I'll tell you what it did bring to mind for me, though. You know, Bran said in the first episode of this season, we haven't got time for petty squabbles while we're fighting the army of the dead. So I'm still trying to figure out why he thinks it's important to tell everyone or tell John that he's a Targaryen. Right. No one can completely unspool this, um, you know, modern dynasty that they're sort of forming. Interesting. It's clearly going to rattle her. I'm kind of, for someone who's, he's like not getting into gossip and like stirring shit up. That was a major. Um, yeah, that's right. Actually, I'd not thought of that. Yeah. 
Um, and because you know Danny's hot-headed, and I just can't help. I, I can't really see where it's going actually. Which no. I'm finding that really thrilling. It's a tough one because, like you say, that it doesn't it doesn't serve any ends to the battle ahead. Which, which yeah. I think we'll, we'll move on to in a bit about about. Perhaps if- it does. Perhaps it does because you know that's as you say, it's Bran who's been pushing that revelation that he should tell people about it, and it's Bran who can see into the future. So even though he may not have told us in the narrative what he sees on this particular score, maybe there's a role. Maybe there is actually a role to play in in Daenerys knowing that fact. Maybe that causes her to react in a certain way. Yeah. It's like the, like the yeah the, the butterfly effect of, of, of exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about the actual battle strategy because this was one of the most interesting things. And actually, almost I was salivating at the, the prospect of uh, episode three when when it became clear what they were planning on doing. It almost felt quite Scooby Doo, uh, you know, kind of Bran kind of offering offering himself up as bait uh, the, in in the Goodswood. Um, with with Theon kind of so very quickly kind of saying I'll protect him and no one going yeah mate hold on a sec this is the Night King dude and you're Theon you know yeah. his his track record is not great at protecting anyone uh, mm. and yet he he has now been tasked with with arguably one of the most important uh, bodyguard roles in the whole of in the whole of Game of Thrones how do we think that's going to pan out because this it, it, I can't I can't picture what's going to happen I can imagine that there's going to be some kind of well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you guys go first. Chris, you go first with what, how you think that battle strategy is going to play out. The whole thing was interesting, right down to the intro, having the very Home Alone-esque pits full of spikes. Yeah. Uh, I think the plan is going to go badly. I think <laughs> yeah. most of the plans on Game of Thrones do. Can we just get something out of the way very quickly before we carry on? The whole kind of internet theory about the, the crypts. Mm. Do we think, one word answer that the Night King is going to raise the dead in the crypt. I think that's too easy. That's new to me. Um, well, there was, the, there was the theory of uh, everyone was going, oh, no, in episode two, there was so much kind of like, well, let's put the women and children in the crypts because that's the safest place. Don't forget how safe the crypt is, everybody. Yeah, I'm going to the crypt because it's so safe. Uh, so, And then everyone was like, can't the Night, Night King just raise the, uh, raise the dead? And I guess what adds weight to that is in, the, is in the, the teaser trailer that we had before the season and also included in the teaser trailer for episode three was, was the shot of Arya kind of being chased by something or someone through what looks like the corridors of the crypt. So I can't see it myself. Does he not have to touch them to raise them from the dead? Or well, he, didn't, he didn't at hard home. He oh. kind of just did that wiggle, didn't he? Did his like, come on, babes, and everyone everyone woke up. Yeah, I, there's definitely a radius thing. I think he has to be near them. I mean, when... Uh, so to, to answer your question, first and foremost, I think the, the dead will come out of the coffins or crypts or whatever, and I think it's going to look tacky as hell. But they just put so... I mean, it's Chekhov's crypt, right? Like, it's gotta pay off in some way but i noticed that most of the people down there like varis and gilly i'm like eh, it feels like i'm not as invested in what happens to them so it would be quite an easy way to kind of to kind of side for a few a few yeah. of the of the c-listers yeah. interesting with the crypts generally i was re-watching quite a bit over the last two years and when theon took over winterfell and master lewin was trying to get him to take the black he was like, there are secret ways out of this castle. And I do think that's going to be how they get into the crypts. I think there's some passageway that will take you out into the vast uh, Northlands. And I think they're going to get 
in. The most of the Starks think it's uh, one entrance in and one out, and I think they're going to be proven, unfortunately. Right, so the battle strategy in itself, then? You know, we keep getting told Winterfell is this very hard castle to like break into. They've obviously got, I saw some archers with dragonglass arrows. The Unsullied and the Dothraki are great out in the field. So I feel like the strategy is actually really good. Bran just sitting in the woods, you know, which let, we were talking about the lack of mobility ramps at Winterfell. That ground is not flat. No. Okay. Snowy. It's frozen. This seems like a bad plan. Um, but Theon has had so many um, opportunities to do something good and failed. That, and, and I thought his reunion with Sansa was almost too sentimental. Yeah. Late in last episode. I don't remember them liking each other that much back in the day. No. And I rewatched, I rewatched the scene in season six yesterday where he kind of like re- runs through the woods with her and it it's not it's all the focus is on brienne and, and sansa kind of bonding so i think they did that i think theon will die protecting bran and i think bran will get out of winterfell i read romance where did that come from like as soon as they looked at each other it was like as if they had feelings for each other more than was ever evident before and i thought whoa it's as if we've skipped it's as if we haven't seen a few scenes between them or something yeah and then like a later scene wasn't there where they were sitting together and she was looking at him with like loving eyes and it was like oh okay so this is this is a thing i don't know whether i ship this or not yeah like odd, um, an odd, odd choice for her as well let's be frank you know i mean she, uh, yeah she sure. can do better <laughs> i think actually the reason i think is that davos put some of those fermented crabs in that soup and basically <laughs> the horniness <laughs> nuclear levels and oh, only dear. yeah cold how they got on so well. <laughs> I think now would be a good time uh, for us to have a listen to the trailer for episode three, The Battle of Winterfell. The most heroic thing we can do now is look the truth in the face. The dead are already here. So, episode three, uh, the Battle of Winterfell is merely hours away. There is, a, as usual, kind of like a very short teaser trailer released by HBO that doesn't really give much away i guess the the one thing i took away from that is danny's statement of the dead are already here which i guess gives way to your theory chris that that they they sneak in through through a secret entrance somehow and kind of yeah i I actually thought that was actually just quite a throwaway comment that they're like we can't argue anymore the dead are already here right okay yeah yeah yeah. yeah, i don't know fair enough what 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 were your what were your thoughts uh on on well, what are your thoughts on what's going to happen, Rachel? Well, uh, the trailer was very dark. Um, <laughs> and full of terrors. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that I think a lot of people will die. Like, I think an extraordinary number of characters will die because they're running out of time, aren't they? And I think yeah. there's going to be so few people. I think there's going to be like five main characters left at the end of the series. So, um, yeah, it looks like I think them giving, from the trailer, them giving Brienne of Tarth that very clear battle call yeah um look like makes me think she's going to be absolutely epic in this episode probably absolutely save the day i reckon she might die 
saving Jamie's life. I've got a theory in general about about the whole thing. I, I've got a, I've got a sneaking suspicion. There is no kind of like inside knowledge on this whatsoever. I really wish there was. Um, that I think the Night King gets defeated ultimately at the end of episode three. I think. I think they win the the battle against the undead because I can't I can't logistically see how else the series will pan out otherwise because we've only got three more episodes after this and we've actually got we've still got the battle for the throne to you know mm. and and that is what the show is all about. Yes. I think I so I've got a sneaking suspicion that that we do see the night king's demise at the end of this uh because that would mean that then the rest of the 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 series is spent dealing with Cersei and the Golden Company. Uh, I also, what that also means in my mind is that all three dragons cop for it. Mm. Because because otherwise there will be, there is no battle, you know, because if, mm. if they win and they've still got Drogon or Rhaegar, then, uh, then they can just fly the dragon down and destroy the Golden Company as we've seen countless times uh, before throughout the season. So my suspicion is that the Night King dies, uh, all of the three dragons die which then leads me on to the biggie which i think there's a possibility that either john or danny are going in episode three i think we're going to see a kamikaze dragon oh my god i thought you were going to say that one of them dies like at the end no i i i i i mean that i mean that's it's it's slightly out there it's slightly out there but i i mean like not to sound awful about it but that would be incredible like that would be something we really didn't expect yeah um and like you say that i mean the the the, uh, the night king the army of the dead they can't win um at this stage in the series because unlike most battles in uh you know in this world yeah. uh, if they win everyone is dead well that's the, the thing that's the, so, we have yeah, got they, three episodes left and if so if you know i don't think that the last three episodes unless i mean it could be very game of thrones if they do i don't think the last three episodes are going to be the the undead including an undead john danny brienne sansa aria everybody marching down to king's landing to to attack cersei that doesn't logistically work for me so basically yeah. on that basis the night king has to lose in this episode and there is no way i don't think that they're going to do that without losing one big character. So I, th- I you know, I'm classing big characters as non-Brienne. I'm cl- like t- a tier of characters. I'm classing mm. as either Sansa, Arya, Tyrion, Jaime, uh, Danny, or John. I've got a weird feeling that none of I've got, a, and maybe I'm going to come to regret this, but I've I've kind of got a feeling that they're not going to take any more Starks. Um, okay. I feel like they've taken so many of the kids already. Yeah. I I can't see Arya or Sansa. I think Jamie might go actually because I th- I think that the um that the kind of the slight theory that everybody's got that that, that Arya becomes a faceless Jamie uh to kill Cersei uh at the end of it and reveal herself I think mm. is possibly true uh mm-hmm. which which would be amazing. So mm. I mean I we're all, we're all just theorizing. What are your what are your theories uh Chris on who's going to go? So I have a couple of things. First of all Tormund dying protecting Brienne yeah. would be my like top tier. Yeah, your money like, shot. Yeah, yeah, because it's finally the kind of honor that she understands, right? Which he yeah. doesn't really he possesses in a different way. However, the big thing I'm thinking, I've never seen um, a, an HBO like not use a shot of the Night King when they can 
when they're king. And okay. I think there might be a suspicious absence of the Night King in this episode. Okay, so you think he might have gone down to... I think he to... might take some of his army south because he knows that they know that if they kill him, the whole thing falls apart. So I actually think he will be marching south. He has sent an army to Winterfell to slay everyone, double the numbers or whatever. Because as much as I think you're right that we do need to get the Night King out of the way... I think Cersei's going to have some punishment and sort of um, have to face up to sending the North off to fight them alone. And I think the Night King will meet Cersei this season. I think there's okay. got to be some larger... We've got to thread these three things together. Yeah. So that's one theory. Um, I do think that the battle will be... I think we'll lose a lot of people. Yeah. I think what it's very similar to last season where Daenerys had such an advantage, they had to sort of like level the playing field a little bit and have her lose... You dragon. know, High Garden and and Dawn and everything. Yeah. So what I see happening actually is the her team taking a, a lot of hits. Yeah. Lick their wounds. Well, she needs. Night- she needs. Yeah, she needs to be brought down a peg or two, doesn't she? Yeah. The Night King moves south. They're decimated, and the episode ends with the Golden Company arriving at Winterfell, and they're like, "Shit, we're so knackered. We're all dead. Like, and they're here now. Like." I think there's, I think, I think because I was saying about the idea that episode one and two were like part of a, a, a whole, I get, I feel like three and four might be very similar and five and six. Okay. Also. Yeah. yeah. So well, that, 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 that goes back to the theory that they're originally going to do is three, three films. Do you remember? Mm, Ages yeah. ago. Yeah. But I, I think we'll see. I mean, I think, you know, Grey Worm, I'd, I'd love him to go on that holiday to Nath, but I think that storyline is kind of wrapped for me. Yeah, they they, they pretty much sealed their own fate by by dreaming of the future. Yeah, Brienne, I feel like she's kind of, she's she met, found the Stark girls, she kind of helped Jamie um, come full circle. Like, I kind of think that's wrapped up for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Jorah as well, you know. Jorah's done, Varys, you know, there's... I mean, I mean, I need don't need his secrets now, okay? Like, no. we're in a secret situation here, okay? We don't need his gossip. I reckon Gendry is gone. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Ah. What about the theory that, you know, that, that right back in episode one, season one, where Robert Baratheon's like, let's get your daughter to marry one of my sons. You yeah. know, you know that, I, I, romantically, I was like, oh, they're going to get their wish. You know, if Ned, <laughs> if Ned was here, he could buy a hat. But it was the, yeah. everyone thought it was going to be Joffrey and Sansa, but what if it was Gendry yeah. and Arya? Maybe. I mean... It's, but, it's a nice coincidence, but I, I don't actually think... Like, Arya always fancied Gendry. Yeah. Um, I don't know that he did her. I think he respects her knife skills, which is, you know, some of the way to fancying someone. <laughs> yeah, um, always works but, for me. <laughs> but, you know, they clearly their union is a lot part based on the battle coming. Um, and I feel like Gendry got his chance to shine, you know, with his, you know, when they went up above the wall and he got to essentially save the day by by running back extraordinarily fast yeah. um, to get help. And um, so I, I, I could stand I could stand to lose him. You know, I'm sure he could yeah. do more interesting things, but I, 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 I could stand it. Yeah. I do think, though, to, to the show's detriment, I think the show is awfully fond of um, pairing people up when they don't necessarily need to be. And it kind of reminds me of Harry Potter, how that went quite like, don't worry, we're going to make sure everyone's got a girlfriend and a boyfriend. And <laughs> yeah, I that's true, yeah. Think the thing that will keep them alive is the pure, like, meme potential. I think the show seems this year very, very self-aware of memes. And yeah. I just feel like they're going to 
be less realistic than they used to be and maybe okay. be yeah. Uh, Genji and Arya get a castle and Brienne and Jamie have got this one and John and Danny and you know Ned looking down from heaven smiling at them all I think there is going to be a little bit of that I one of my early predictions was that there's actually not going to be as many deaths this season as we think mm. interesting listen guys uh we are hours away uh Chris you're part of the 2am club aren't you are you looking forward to it I mean, it's, 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 I'm really excited I'm really really excited um yeah, I just and also and I'm seeing uh, Endgame tonight, so I think it's a very right. It's so a weekend of weekend of Starks for you. Wow! Yeah, oh my God, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. It's, so I am really excited. I, I we we talked very briefly last week about what how the, the good battles work on Game of Thrones, and I sort of said that I think when there's a lot of people spread out, there's lots of character moments, there's lots of action, like with the Blackwater battle. Yeah. And this feels to me like it's going to just be explosive because there's just so many good combinations. We we know where all the characters are going into this fight. And I'm just so excited to see all of that kind of energy just firing off. It's yeah, yeah. amazing. What about you, Rachel? Are you a 2 am or do you wait? I'm not, I'm afraid, but I'm I'm going to see Endgame on Sunday. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'll have this at a decent hour on Monday. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited. Like you say, I think... Uh, unlike a lot of the battles we've had, we we near, nearly everyone we care about is in this. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's been maybe maybe two or three characters you actually care about. With this, it's like they're nearly all there. So yeah, all the good guys. Yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah. So as long as they give them all an adequate um, screen time or send off, if it is that, yeah. then happy uh we didn't even mention the hound he's st- he's gonna be all right isn't he uh, Beric Dondarrion oh, yeah. I think's dead I think the hound has still got to kill the mountain surely exactly exactly that's yeah. got to happen which I have to say though as a storyline I'm not that invested in like well, Clegane know, Bowl come on fella you know everyone's like <laughs> Clegane Bowl and I'm like who like it just it's, get hype it's just like uh, but they, it's because they changed the actor about 16 times yeah, I'm like true. which one is he like I just <laughs> I'm not that bothered about it but I think it's gonna happen well listen uh Rachel what are you up to at the moment how's the mass report coming on great thank you we're coming back in autumn um and we'll still be talking about Brexit um <laughs> we'll see and got a few other things coming up as well brilliant well don't tell Nish but yours are the best bits uh and <laughs> Chris uh how's the, how's the eye paper going I think it's good. The reviews are uh, being eaten up by the voracious appetite of Game of Thrones fans. And this week I did a cover story with um, Richard Madden for The Jackal. Amazing. Uh, who was, of course, our fallen hero, Rob Stark. Um, so that was nice to briefly froth over him and how much I love Game of Thrones. Brilliant. Um, he seemed a bit, little, little bit put off by that. But, uh. <laughs> well, listen, uh, you can go and catch up with that on the iPaper.co.uk, is it? I believe it is. You know, I have no idea. I think <laughs> iNews.co.uk. iNews.co.uk, I think that is probably it. Listen, Chris, Rachel, thank you so, so much. I will almost certainly be speaking to both of you again in the very near future. I hope we all survive the Battle of Winterfell. Bye. All Oh man, that was great fun. Lovely being reunited with Rachel again. As well, uh, we'll be speaking to Rachel, I'm sure, before the end of the series. I think Linda is coming back next week. Uh, Linda from westeros.org. And if we're very lucky, I'll persuade Chris Mandel to uh, make a reappearance as well. 
thanks for listening uh, I hope it's been useful to you as ever that's what we're here for that's what previously on was designed for uh, and I hope it's kind of titillated you and got you excited for, for episode 3 I cannot wait I mean don't tell anyone but I'm more excited about episode 3 than I was for Avengers Endgame but you know let's keep that under our hats shall we if you know someone that would find this useful I'd really appreciate you uh, putting it in front of them please uh, let them know share it on all of your social media give it a like give it a subscribe give it a rating leave a little bit of a review if you've got time I know it's a bit of a pain in the backside but it really really does make a difference I've been Jamie East and previously on is a Daft Doris production Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.